Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you're listening to a new episode of Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! All right, crowdfunders, how's everybody doing out there in the beautiful, wonderful land of crowdfunding? I am your host, Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel, CEO of Woodshed Agency, and the uh, the guy talking to you right now, right, on the old podcast here. Uh, if this is your first time, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Come on in. Come on in, everybody. We'd love to have you. <laughs> Again, using my sounds early in the episode. Um yeah, if this is your first time here, like I said, um, I'm Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel, CEO of Voidshed Agency. This is Successfully Funded. What we try to do is we like to talk to project creators um, running a Kickstarter Indiegogo campaign, and we like to talk to them while they're in the middle of that campaign, or the campaign has just finished up. But today is a little bit different. So today's going to be a rebroadcast from episode 178, um, where I got to talk to the founder of uh, Kickoff Labs, which is an amazing, amazing tool for... Um, for for project creators to use before and even during a Kickstarter campaign, there's some things you can do even uh, during a campaign. So, um, so John's going to be uh, coming in, in a little bit later here when uh, when we when we get to the old interview portion. Um, and again, if you didn't know, this this was an interview like I said back in April. I wanted to re-air it uh, this week just because I again great content and uh, it'll be really helpful. So again, like I said, that's coming up a little later. And our musical guest today, if you stay to all the way to the end, musical guest is going to be. Um, is a, a volcano in the radio standards from Detroit. Uh, this is a, a GBS session from about seven years ago that we recorded. Again, it was going to be what you hear, th- hear at the end is all live, all in one take. Um, so one band, one room, one take. So that, that's going to be coming up as our musical guest just a little bit later. So what else is going on? Man, what a day yesterday, huh? What a day. Not going to lie. I might have cried all, most of the day. Yeah, I just couldn't hold it back, man. What an emotional, emotional day for every well not everybody well it could be emotional day for everybody but potentially in much much different reasons as to why you might have been emotional um i thought yesterday was just literally literally one of the most you know inspiring things i've watched um you know just like like today just a breath of fresh air just okay you know (laughs) the world might the world's well, the world's on fire, but not as much, um, or the world's on fire for different reasons, not for our own doing. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know, man. And it was good to just, I, man, I was on Twitter a lot yesterday. I was on Facebook, TikTok, I was just everywhere, just checking in, just watching this emotion and energy happening. Um, the inspiration of uh, our first female, um, African-American, all, all the things, you know, a vice president, you know, just knowing that, you know, uh, and my daughter watch that stuff and just know that these are these are possibilities that dream that maybe that is the new american dream because i don't know if the middle class american dream exists anymore um i think capitalism has killed most of that but um just just that energy yesterday it was i had never thought in my life that i would be so happy to hear complete sentences from somebody with some power just complete sentences just that alone um i even stayed up until like seven and well I guess staying up till seven isn't that big of an idea uh, ordeal, but you know, even watching the first press conference and just again hearing respect and um, admiration for for the press and just hearing you know actual dialogue, just back and forth, not being combative, not being man, it's exhausting. These last four years have been exhausting. 
So it was it was just a really, really, really good day yesterday. Um, and I don't know, I just enjoyed it immensely. Yesterday was also great grandma's birthday. We didn't do much. Um, great grandma has a tend to, tends to have a little bit of a nasty streak in there. So we, uh, I shied away from going down there cause I didn't want to, didn't want to poison the old water. Uh, I was feeling so good. I was like, man, if we go down there and, you know, have a happy birthday, she's going to tell me all the, all the negatives. And uh, I was like, I just don't want it. So we had a nice phone call with her. We're going to try to get some food down to her, maybe have a quick dinner or something. I don't know. We'll figure out something. Um, yeah, she's 89. So yeah, 89 years old. So we got that. So happy birthday, great grandma out there, which I know she's not watching because, um, you know, I'm not on Fox. So, or Fox news. Well, may, I don't think I am, but, um, but yeah, so just, I don't know. I'm just, it's like that meme I keep seeing around of, uh, or maybe it's not a meme. This is more like a video of, uh, if, if you remember the scene in coming to America, where I, what's his name? Eddie Murphy comes out and, you know, he's all excited about being in, in, uh, in, in Queens and, you know, and he's like, good morning. And he's yelling that, and, you know, everybody's yelling up. It feels like that, man. It feels like I just want to go outside and just, you know, scream it from the old, uh, from the old top of the lungs here. But man, <sighs> yeah, I think today there almost should be something I was thinking about, like, man, if I was in charge of like the, uh, the, the press briefing, the, you know what I would do today? All right, everybody, we're all just going to take a deep breath together. Well, hopefully you guys did that with me. It was great. Other things, man. So, um, you know, if you guys are a regular listener, you know that I used to do a lot of Bikram yoga three, four times a week. And then that obviously got shut down, but that just reopened. So uh, when I get off of uh, recording this podcast, I'm going to go set up my, uh, my classes for that. Try to go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, get back into that swing of things, man, I could use that, you know, um, you know, and I'll have to do, I'll have to do yoga with a mask on, but who cares? Whatever, you know, at this point, whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go do that right after this. I'm excited. Well, I'm not going to go do the yoga. I'm just going to, yeah, I got to set up, sign the waivers and, you know, do all the things you got to do to, to get ready to, to go and do the old yoga. So that's coming. I can't wait. can't wait. Hopefully I can start that next week, get that back in the routine on Monday. Um, man, it was like, I got, you know, I remember like last year for Christmas, I got a brand new mat, got all this stuff. I think I used it like four or five times and then whoop, pandemic, no more. No more, no more. So what else is going on? Well, that's about it. I think that's a lot, right? You know, new agenda in the White House. Hopefully it lightens up a little bit. Hopefully we're not on the brink of catastrophe every waking minute. Don't have to see a tweet every day. Don't have to be like glued to it. Like just some boring politics would be amazing right now. I'd take a good solid week of that. Just where I don't have to just check in. I feel like every week to, you know, Every week it feels like, I don't know, do I have to like grab my family and run? So just to not have that, I think it's going to be really, really, really great. So if you are thinking about running a crowdfunding campaign, there are some things that you should be doing, right? Number one, you should go over to woodshed.agency right now. Go and click on all those tabs up there. One, go to the blog. You can read our new blogs every Tuesday. We have a new new, uh, blog that comes out. This one is about how to do a podcast for your startup company. You guys are watching this, right? So why don't you have your own podcast? Maybe think about having a podcast for your startup company. Um, you know, so or you can go to the podcast, watch some of the old episodes there. If that doesn't work, um, you know, you can pick the consultation tab, pick a time to talk to me. That would be awesome. Um, you know, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, go over to iTunes right now, smash the subscribe button there, or YouTube, or 
wherever you're watching this, Spotify, Stitcher, listening to it, wherever you're doing, whatever you're doing right now, wherever you are, whatever platform, click one of those subscribe or leave us review buttons. Those are incredibly helpful. But again, make sure that you are not going alone in your crowdfunding campaign, especially if you're, if this is your first time doing it. Um, yeah, it's, this a lot of work. So at least pick that consultation tab at the top, pick 20 minutes. You're literally going to go to my calendar link, um, and, uh, and pick a time to talk. I won't sell you anything. I just, you know, let me hear what you got and maybe I can point you in the right direction because there are some scenarios where you shouldn't be even running a crowdfunding campaign. Oh, 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 I'm sorry, uh, Suri. Why are you talking to me? That is one thing. Apple, I'm going to look at you right now. You got to fix this. A lot of stuff just turns on randomly. You know, I, I've got basically the entire Apple ecosystem in my life and a lot of stuff just turns on. Example, Siri, I guess, is just listening. Uh, but... So fix some of that stuff. I would appreciate it. All right. All right. All right. All right. So with all that said, again, we've got an amazing, this was an amazing interview, I should say, uh, with, with John Ledger. He's the founder, like I said, of Kickoff Labs. This is an amazing, amazing pre-launch tool. It does everything that you need it to do. It's not too expensive. So again, you may want to, if you're in that pre-launch phase, go check out uh, his, uh, his projects, his, their suite of tools, I should say, um, and enjoy this conversation. And uh, yeah. I'll talk to you after it here. All right, here's my conversation with John, the founder of Kickoff Labs. Here we go. All right, Josh, the red light's on. That means it's go cool. time. So why don't we do a do a quick sound check before we jump into it? Uh, why don't you tell my listeners what you had for breakfast this morning? Uh, some granola and some bacon. Okay. All right. So on the healthy side, then maybe not on the healthy side there, it sounds like. Uh, I believe in balance and uh, yeah. moderation. All right. All right. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that's good. Any any fancy granola or just some just some granola? Just, just some granola and some raisins mixed in. That's all. All right. All right. Big breakfast uh, eater over there. I, you know, on the days I have my kids, I, I like to make them breakfast. And so I, I'll make them a uh, breakfast and then I join in. Otherwise, uh, the days I don't, I feel like I just want to take the time off and I'm just like, I grab a, a, a power bar or something and just move on with my day. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I'm trying to get better at it. Uh, today, I, I did a good job. I had like this little quinoa thing and uh, made an egg. You know, that's what I read I was supposed to do. I don't know. We're, we're all just figuring it out right now, right? We're just yeah. figuring it out. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think we're sounding good. Why don't we jump right into kind of why we're talking today. So okay. uh, why don't you tell my listeners kind of, you know, what your product is and how it, um, and what it does basically. Yeah. So, uh, hi guys. Uh, I am uh, one of the founders of kickoff labs and kickoff labs helps people set up viral contests in minutes. So at, at its most basic form, Kickoff Labs is about lead generation. So where do you want to collect a set of email addresses, phone numbers um, for you know potential customers? Um, that's what we do. Our twist on it is that we're trying to make that more engaging to boost your conversion rate. So you know anybody can set up a, like a landing page, a Mailchimp form, anything, and start collecting an email addresses. Um, that's kind of you know a, you know zero cost solution. And what we're looking to do is say 
how could we make that more effective for people? So we add the viral component to it. And I know I've gotten a lot of flack recently about the word viral being um, <laughs> not exactly what people want to hear these days. Um, so I've tried to say uh, engaging promotions, engaging contests, um, you know, but what we enable to do is once you, somebody has signed up on your list, you can give them an incentive to share with other people. Um, and what we find is, you know, it's easy to offer like an opt-in bribe saying, you know, join, sign here and get a download or sign here and get 10% off and you can start collecting email lists. But it's more effective if you convince those people who already thought it was worth signing up to tell their friends about it. Sure. Um, and so we make the sharing part really easy. And then we have all sorts of contest schemes on top of that, where let's say you share with three friends, then you might get a bigger discount or a bigger reward. Um, for what you're doing. And in the context of uh, crowdfunding and product launches, um, that's a, those are two, two of our big customer verticals. Um, and I'll just start with like the, the crowdfunding aspect. What a lot of people running crowdfunding campaigns do is they know that they need to hit the ground running when they launch Indiegogo or Kickstarter, meaning that they don't want to launch their Indiegogo campaign or their Kickstarter campaign and be building their audience at the day that they launch it. They want to yep. launch it and instantly get into the trending charts um, on what they're on, on one of those sites. And you want to launch it to an audience. And so they'll use our service um, initially to say, let's build that initial audience. And so they'll set up a campaign that says, uh, hey, you know, we're going to launch this Kickstarter campaign for this product. They maybe have a draft of their video. They have a draft, like some screenshots or some product shots, um, some text. Um, and then they're signing people up to the campaign at that point. And then they'll say, if you sign up now, you'll get exclusive access to the early bird discounts. And then if people keep sharing, they'll give them say, you know, we've had some people that say, you know, depending, it depends on the product, what the level right. of giveaway is. But some people say like, okay, if you get 10 friends to sign up, we're just going to give you the product. Maybe that's a mm. lower cost product or something. If it's a higher cost product and you get 10 friends sign up, hey, we're just going to give it to you at half off or something, right. like a major right. discount for the product to really incentivize that sharing and drive uh, the list creation ahead of uh, the Kickstarter campaign. And that's sort of the first phase um, and the most common thing that people do uh, who are looking to launch uh, crowdfunding campaigns with Kickoff Labs um, at the start of it. Um, and we've got a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of success stories. You can go to our website and check out customer so showcases. And there's a lot of, uh, Kickstarter campaign examples there, of people that have done, um, including one of the largest, uh, self, uh, they didn't use Indiegogo or, um, uh, or Kickstarter. They just ran their own purchase pre-launch, uh, system, uh, for, uh, the, a 3D laser printer. And so there's a story there. They, they launched and they raised $25 million uh, and they wow. backed the referral scheme using using Kickoff Labs to really track that referral. And they were giving half off this laser printer if you got three to five friends um, signed up uh, signed up in advance. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So when should, um, like, how long should people be maybe using your type of product if, if they're in the crowdfunding space? Is this something that they're doing it for two weeks, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days? Like, like what's a typical time frame if they were asking you? Um, you know, I mean, you can say I'm biased and I should say, and I say as long as possible. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, but, but no, I mean, there, it depends on what you want to get out of it and what your goals are is the, is the real, is the realistic answer. 
Um, I think the minimum time, what I've seen just looking at the patterns of lots of people running the campaigns is at least a month ahead of time before you do that first launch. Mm -hmm. Um, And then into the launch, once you have it still running and collecting, because people will shift the promotion to saying just a bigger discount afterwards, just to keep it going. So you don't shut down that that email collection altogether, uh, because most people found the email collection really effective. The reason that I say at least a month is because what we notice is even with a really well-run campaign, um, people get a landing page up, they have the promotion up, they have the pitch up. It takes about two weeks for their traffic generation efforts to really get optimized and start driving traffic. Um, and then once you start driving traffic, if you imagine I drive you know, 10,000 people to a site in the first week, right? Let's say I managed to do that. They... I get a percentage of them to sign up, let's say 20% of them sign up. So I've got, you know, two, you know, 2000 people um, signed up in that first week, they start sharing with their friends, that second wave that bump comes about a week later, because Mm -hmm. it takes like a week for that, um, for that sharing to start really reflecting in the numbers. Right. And so, uh, and so for the most effective, you know, I tell people like, imagine you spend a week building traffic, you have a week at this really good traffic level. So that's week two. You have week three, you're starting to see the bump from sharing. And at week four, you've got this plateau where you're collecting leads at this with this campaign that you've got going. And then from that point, imagine it's up to you to imagine how many emails you want to collect at that rate and how much you want to keep right. optimizing before your launch. Right. Gotcha. Um, and, and that's kind of a good optimistic case. I think a lot of people, it really takes them two to three weeks to really drive up that initial driving of traffic. It all depends on what their traffic driving strategy is. Uh, and, and I think I, ideally too, like the ultimate goal is if you ran this, let's just say you ran it for three months is that it would really start to just feed itself, right? Like, you know, yep. more people sharing it, you know, you might get a lead today, that person's sharing it, but that's that sort of growth is continuing to sort of grow and grow and grow and multiply, right? Yeah, and and and, the, and we see that in successful campaigns. I'm, I'm always careful to say like that, that is ideal. But a tool like ours is really, I always position it as, is, is more about like making what you're doing more efficient. So my goal, I always tell people, is if they're going to spend $1,000 in lead generation, I want our tool to make it feel like you spent $1,500. Right. There's great stories where it makes it feel like $3,000, and then you feel really happy. Um, but it, at, a, at a minimum, you should, you should expect, if you're using this additional amplification methods, that you're getting like a boost. And so that's why we mm-hmm. call it a viral boost in the product saying, you're getting a boost forever, wherever your lead generation effort is. And so to go all the way back to your first question about the length of time, at the average time for people doing the, the crowdfunding is about six to eight weeks. It seems like where people run that average, uh, the average time of people running the campaign. Um, gotcha. we've, do, we've seen successful longer ones. We've seen successful shorter ones. And like I said, it all depends on what their goals are specifically. And and how long would it take? Again, let's just say I'm at, at you know I got my prototype and I, I I'm gonna do a campaign you know I think this fall. How long is it taking me to you know sign up for your tool, kind of create the assets that are needed? Like what would I be expecting you know time wise to? And what do I need to create? Is it I got to have great photos, great videos, copy? What do I need to to really utilize your tool? I, the most important part at the pre-launch stage is really the pitch and the copy. Um, the, the photos are great, like next step, like a good, like explain, explainer photos. 
Um, the video is not, it's not, I don't see it in all the time. Some people will put up like a draft of their Indiegogo video or their Kickstarter video towards the end of the campaign. Um, but it's not really necessary to keep going. But what is necessary is really testing um, the having a good headline and a pitch. And we actually, um, one of the things, uh, and we've talked about with a lot of these uh, people building products and crowdfunding in our podcast about is there's a ton of value in those early days figuring out the copy mm -hmm. um, that works. And a lot of people have completely repositioned their copy because they'll set off set up a kickoff labs campaign. And initially that setup maybe takes them a couple of days just to like, they, they'll use one of our templates, they'll apply their copy and a couple images within one of the templates, and they'll start driving some traffic with some ads or some influencers at the campaign. And maybe they don't see the conversion rate they'd like to see. And they'll say, oh, you know, it's only converting at 10%. That seems low. And my answer is like, yeah, that is kind of <laughs> low. Like maybe you want to, you know, try testing a different ad and they'll run an A-B test on Kickoff Labs and say, oh, this headline works way better than, uh, than the other headline. Um, and there's uh, there's one story uh, there's one story um, from uh, a company called that was launching a product called Last Swab, which is like reusable cotton swabs. Mm -hmm. um, sounds kind of gross, uh, and they they talk about that in the, in the campaign. Um, and they knew they had a pitch to talk about like the environment, but they just viewed that as one of their like you know as one of their potential like you know ben product benefits, right? Right. And as they kept doing A-B testing and A-B testing and seeing like what was causing people to sign up and what worked really best, by the end of it, and you can see like a picture on our site, like by the end of it, their campaign pitch was like they had this like poor fish in the in a picture choking on a cotton swab. <laughs> um, and it sounds really extreme, but like that's where their, their message like got driven to like, oh, we really need to push on the environmental aspect of this because the people that are going to buy it are the people that really care about the environment. And that's our product. That's our niche right now is those people. And they weren't going to lean in so heavily on it at first. In the end, they got $700,000 in funding, um, launched the product, launched a line for beauty like usage and yeah. like all sorts of usage for it. And we're able to then expand on that niche beyond that initial um, that initial pitch, but they learned so much doing that before they put it up on Kickstarter um, mm -hmm. that their Kickstarter campaign was probably way more successful because they went through their learning stage before they put up the Kickstarter. Right, right. That's always a huge thing I tell all my project creators to to be open minded, to listen, to use this time to to really kind of go through everything: your Facebook ads, your audiences, your your copy, you know photos that are working, A-B test, all this stuff. Cause you know, you want to do it now, not we launched, let's yeah. figure it all out. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, uh, we launched. Why is nobody buying this? Yeah, what's going on here? What, what, they, they, I put it on the internet. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, that, yeah, that's that a really common mistake. I, I mean, I'm glad oh, I know. That up. like we, people ask all the time when they'll have like a one-on-one -on -one call with our support team. Cause we'll do that for anybody that upgrades and we'll set up a one-on-one -on -one call with them. And one of the most common things is like, they're like, oh, I set up my landing page. So when do I expect like, you know, everybody to sign up? Like, <laughs> yeah, you put a thing on the internet. So did a million right. other people. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's going to have to be some level of seed promotion into whatever you put on and some level of adjustment and learning that goes on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. What, what, like, what could people expect sort of like pricing wise for something like this? Cause again, you're offering a ton of tools, uh, in this, like what, wh what's like pricing look like for, uh, for, uh, for a startup? Yeah. So our pricing is, is monthly. Uh, and so, uh, if you were just selecting the monthly plan, um, we have a lot of people to kind of work their way up the, the product line. So it's, 
our pricing is mostly based on the volume or the size of the campaign. Mm -hmm. And so at like a cheapest level, you're talking about 2000 unique people a month coming to your campaign. And that's, you know, $29 a month. Um, the most popular is the $75 a month that fits within 10,000 people a month coming into the campaign. Um, and then we go, you go up from there, 75 to, to 149 to 299. Um, the 299 uh, and, and 149 are most typically uh, folks who are agencies running for multiple campaigns or established companies that have a huge audience. So they already know that they're going to be you know, driving 100,000 people on day one to a, to a new campaign. And so they'll use us for a contest for an existing site or campaign. Gotcha, gotcha. And how does it all work for like domains and stuff? Is it all off of like your guys' domain or do you have the opportunity to set up like a custom one? How does that work? Um, you can use our domains, uh, but it's, uh, I'd actually recommend most people, if you, own a, they'll own a domain for their product, they set up something like launch.myproduct.com mm -hmm. or contest.myproduct.com and point it to our service. So we're just a host in that case gotcha. um, for their campaign. And then that way they own the URL and the, and the redirection long beyond when their kickoff lab subscription might be over. Mm, um, gotcha. And they, they can control that because people are sharing that on the internet and you want those links to keep working sort of forever because the link, every link that points back to your site is going to point back to somewhere <laughs> eventually <laughs> uh, and you want to keep it there because there's always going to be a customer coming from that uh, direction. So uh, right. I typically suggest people use a custom domain um, and that's what most of our, our customers do. They, they will set up a custom domain. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and, and do you guys also do stuff in like the SMS? I saw that that's like an optional feature. Is that something that's a little bit newer or is that something that you guys have always done? Uh, that's a little newer. We've been doing this since 2011. Uh, so mm -hmm. the SMS stuff uh, we launched last year, um, we had a lot of people that were collecting phone numbers um, and they wanted to know if they could collect phone number without an email address. We were keying everything on the email address before and now we can key everything in the contest on a phone number or an email address. Um, and that works. Um, it's so far been used mostly by people doing like mobile app launches mm. uh, because it's a really good technique to get the phone number and do a push notification to the phone number when the app launch is ready because then they're on the phone, they're there. And then the sharing works the same way. Like we'll text back a sharing link and say, hey, tell your friends about this app. Um, the friends go and install the app using that sharing link um, and the person gets credit for sending pe other people to install the app. So the phone number has been so far primarily used by people that are doing uh, that are doing app development. Although we're starting to see it expand into like other um, segments of customers um, that that want to collect phone number and start having like a text relationship with people. Gotcha, gotcha. And do you guys do you guys uh, just as a as a as your own business see that kind of growing more than email, or do you guys still feel like or chatbots or any of this other stuff, or do you guys still <laughs> see like email is literally like still king when it when all the dust settles? Uh, so I still think email is is king when all the dust settles just because like, I mean, like I said, we've been doing this since 2011. And I remember in like 2012, all these articles like Facebook has killed email and, mm. you know, that Facebook's the only way to reach your audience. And then, you know, a couple of years later, people realize like, oh, Facebook wants to charge me to reach my audience and they're locking my audience in a box. And now I have right. no connection with my own audience. And like, yeah, that's always going to be the case. And um, something like email is is uh, is not in that same category. I mean, yeah, there's folders and people things get moved into like spam and things get like put into a promotions tab mm -hmm. in Google. Um, but people still look at those things and people still, um, if they're interested in your product or brand, it's still a direct connection to your audience. Um, 
the text read rates um, and open rates, if you were you know, doing that, are generally higher than an email. Uh, the challenge with text is because it is a closer and more personal connection, a lot of people just choose to unsubscribe um, right. from, from text notifications. And so it's really easy to get kicked off of somebody's list as a potential customer. And so I always suggest, like, even if you're collecting text, to also collect the email. And that's why one of our first automated texts that goes out when somebody signs up via text uh, to one of our campaigns, we say, hey, can you confirm by sending back your email address, your sure. subscription? And then the person then the person running the campaign has both the text and the email address. So that the person's the person ever says stop to the text, at least you've still got the email address. They might not have unsubscribed there. Um, and you know, for me at least as a customer and is selfishly looking at it that way, like I do the same thing. Like there's some companies that I'm okay having a relationship with texts mm-hmm. that are important to me and sending me notices. Um, and but there's a lot where I'm just happy to have it delayed off in my email. Right, um, right, right. Right. So, you know, you, we've, met, we've talked a lot about product launch and crowdfunding to this point, but what are some of the other uses that you, maybe that are, aren't so common that you still see success with your tool? Like what, what are things that people wouldn't maybe think of, uh, of using your tool for? Um, newsletter and blog growth is a common one. Mm-hmm. So if you've heard of like a, a newsletter like called The Skim, um, mm-hmm. uh, they started uh, using our service and they've uh, referred a lot of other people that are just growing sort of like new, news newsletters and blog subscribers. Um, to our list, and they just run a constant promotion, just saying like, "You refer three people, we'll give you this thing, um, mm-hmm. or we'll give you this exclusive access to exclusive content." And so, just people looking to grow their email lists in general, where their email list is a primary, a primary marketing tool. Um, and then the other is we have a, a pretty large vertical of people running uh, e-commerce stores, so their own stores. And this is pe- where people might be using it after a Kickstarter launch. They've got their own store. They want to grow their newsletter list. Um, and there's two primary uses there. One is um, we have customers who like once a quarter, they want to run a big contest with their email list just to juice and get new subscribers on their email list. So like, you know, company that was uh, that sells jeans every quarter, they're like, we're giving away 10 pairs of jeans to the people who get the most points in the contest by following, by sharing, by promoting right. um, our brand. And so if you earn the most points, you get additional entries in the contest, you increase your chance of winning. Um, the pairs of jeans. And so they'll just run those contests sort of like as an evergreen contest on a regular basis. We also recently launched um, for e-commerce because we're seeing so many people with uh, online stores and especially now where um, every local business is looking to have an online (laughs) store. Um, I think it's going to be growing, but uh, we have uh, integration with Shopify uh, so that um, you can run a contest and in that contest, not just give people points for um, referring a friend to an email list, you can earn additional entries in the contest by making a purchase. So every dollar you spend is an entry into that, that month's contest. And then every dollar your friends spend adds to your total entry. So if you oh, do wow. refer somebody and then they buy something on Shopify, you get additional entries into the contest. Um, and so running these contests and promotions on an e-commerce site is really the next, uh, is the next biggest thing um, to like product launches and, um, and Kickstarter campaigns uh, that we That's do. That's very cool. Very cool. And you mentioned just a minute ago too, maybe we can talk a little bit about this. It, what, what was, what's the one-on-one, the consultation that you kind of, I think you kind of just mentioned it quickly, but what, what does that look like for somebody? Yeah. So 
one of the advantages of our system uh, advantage is uh, there's a lot of options as we've been doing this for a long time. And there's people often like, you know, what, what kind of campaign is best for me? What, you know, I want to do something like a contest, but I don't know what contest is best. And we've got a lot of best practice guides and like getting started guides, but there's still, you know, everybody needs a little bit of guidance if they're setting this up for the first time. And there may be like, you know, there's only two or three people at the company and mm-hmm. they need some help doing it. And so we offer for anybody who upgrades and gets a paid solution to the product, like we'll give you a half hour consultation. And that co- talk with our support team runs the gamut. I mean, there's some people who are just like, help me set up my domains. The only thing I can't figure <laughs> out, I'm good from there. Right. And then all the way to like, you know, help me choose what kind of contest will work. And let me tell you a bit about my business and you can like, give me suggestions. And we've done this enough. We can roughly pattern match and say like, Mm. oh, it looks like you've got a $50 price product. Here's a type of contest that seems to work really well. Here's a case study we can send you from our previous list of customers you can follow along with. And here's how the kind of the templates I'd recommend going with and starting with. That's cool. Um, And so really just giving people that guidance that, you know, makes them feel more confident that they're following a, a successful path that other people have followed before. That's awesome. Now, so since 2011, huh? That's when the, that's when uh, Kickoff Lab started. Yep. What What was? How did you guys? How did you get into it? What was the idea? You know, <laughs> you know, 2011 is a lifetime ago in the internet land. So, like, where was the idea of all this? <laughs> um. Yeah. So, uh, my co-founder and I uh, were both working at a company that was uh, in in Dallas at the time, but we both worked remotely. Him in New Jersey, and me here. And uh, I was. Uh, I was. I was kind of his boss. Like I ran the product team. He, he was one of the people that worked for me and the, at the company. And, and I had given my notice cause I knew I wanted to start a business and I was starting to privately tell people on the team, um, that, you know, I, in two months I'm gone. Uh, so <laughs> just so you guys know, um, and he, I talked to him he's like, Oh, you beat me by a month. Um, and, uh, I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I'm, I want to start a business too. And, and so we started talking and realized it, we'd both done the same exact math, probably read the same articles on the internet about how much money it takes to start a new business. Um, we both saved within $1,000 of each other, like the amount of money that we thought we needed. And so we decided to team up and neither of us had any idea what we wanted to build. And so we just sat there and brainstormed and we came up with a document that had like 50 ideas all like written out to a paragraph form and all 50 it ranged from like a blog about beer to like, you know, um, you know, a texting service, like something like it was a really like wide range. Um, and then we narrowed it down to things that seemed like, you know, we had, you know, ex- experience in or, you know, the possibility to, to build. Um, and we had like five things that we wrote out like a small business plan for. Um, and then reality, we, we kind of realized that like, you know, like once you started writing these business plans, you can make anything sound good um, right. as a business plan. If you're not looking to be, if you're not looking to become the next Facebook, you always you can look at anything and say like, well, this is a $1 billion market. I just need 1% of this $1 billion market and, and it's gold. Right. Um, that doesn't sound too hard. Um, and you realize that like doing more work on the business plan wasn't going to help us. So we wanted to say like, could, which product could we build an audience around? Because like, well, we need to prove that we can get people to buy something and like build an audience for and so being engineers, we said, you know, we really just need to set up these landing pages to have people like and see if they're willing to, to, to sign up or tell their friends about it because they think it's a cool idea and use those two metrics to judge whether or not the product's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Being engineers, we said, let's build a product that does that. And then that was no- idea number six <laughs> to our five person list. So right. we built that out like a really rough system for ourselves. 
set up the landing pages uh, for the ideas. And really, we had a lot of positive feedback on that idea. And then another one, um, which um, eventually sort of, uh, the concept was like uh, what Hootsuite used to be, but for enterprises mm -hmm. and large companies. And we, we were literally, for about a year, building both products. Um, oh, wow. We were building a, a, a CRM tool kind of for like for monitoring tweets and social feedback and like signing it to the right people at your company. Uh, we called it SIF Social, and we were building Kickoff Labs. Um, the sales cycle for that other tool was just, it probably could have been successful. It was just way longer to convince people mm -hmm. to sign up. And the Kickoff Labs sales cycle was way shorter. And so we started to see a bunch of revenue. And um, I had a mentor who's like, you know, why are you working on two products when you've got one that's, you know, doubled revenue in, in three months and you've got another that you're like struggling to get like more than three customers signed up for <laughs> right. Um, and so, you know, we just sort of focused in on, on kickoff labs from that point and just, uh, haven't looked back really and ended up being a good decision because Twitter killed like all the APIs we were using in the other one six months mm -hmm. later. So if we'd really dove into that one being dependent <laughs> on another platform, it might not have been the best, uh, the best outcome, but, um, for, for kickoff labs, that's kind of how we got into it. So I would, I would imagine on your end, you guys aren't as dependent on, like we just mentioned the, the third party problems, right? Like being mm -hmm. dependent on APIs and stuff. Are, you guys aren't that dependent on stuff like that uh, with this type of business model, correct? Yeah, I know. Correct. And we're, we're not, I mean, the closest one is that there's a lot of sharing that happens on Facebook. I mean, it just dominates right. um, the sharing space, uh, but because you can share via text, via email, via all these other methods, we're not completely uh, dependent on it, but that is probably the closest one. But again, we don't use the Facebook APIs for much. Um, we do have an option that you can sign up via Facebook. Uh, but if that went away, our business doesn't go away. It's only a certain percentage of our customers that use that specific right. feature. Um, and I actually still think they'd use the product if they couldn't do that um, as well. So, so I think, you know, because most of my audience is people thinking about launching a, any, they're launching something, right? They're in the entrepreneur space, mm -hmm. startup space, you know, what kind of advice do you give somebody? Because I, correct me if I'm wrong, when I, I've been kind of following kickoff labs for a while now, I'm, I'm a full agency. So I'm always looking at the tools out there. You guys didn't start with everything right away, right? You, you know, as you kind of mentioned too, we had a couple things working, right? And those things, and yeah. you just keep, you kept building and building and building. I, I don't remember even giveaways being a big part of your right no. in the beginning right um no no so, it wasn't you're right right so so like how do you how do you sort of like mentor yourself or coach somebody else when they're working on something to go you don't need to have all 10 ideas yet you know like focus on do these first two yeah. or three really well and and allow it to grow how do you sort of like advise people uh, around just being patient and letting these things naturally grow into into what they become yeah I think, I mean, the biggest thing I see is like people are just scared to put a foot forward, like are dipping their toes in the water because they worry that the, if dipping their toes in means they're going to have to jump all the way in. Right. Um, and that's not what it means um, at, by, by any stretch. Before we started Kickoff Labs, I had built an app on the side just to see like what the app store was like. I didn't build a full app. I just like kind of like, oh, like, let's just see what app store revenue looks like. And if I could right. sell an app for a dollar and like... Um, realized that was uh, probably a bad idea for me when I started looking at the time and the time investment and the return I was getting. Um, but, um, and so the biggest thing to me, the quote that's been going through my head recently is, is not letting perfect be the enemy of good. Mm. Um, yeah. And so you probably have a good idea and in your head you have, everybody has this like awesome vision of where the idea ends up, but your vision is often stuck on like, you know, 
where you might be able to be in year two or year three or four, not where you could be next month. And Mm -hmm. where you could be next month is often more beneficial to you and to potential customers if you're just solving a tiny chunk of the problem. And so, you know, like these people who are using Kickoff Lab successfully, um, we've had people use the use Kickoff Labs and say, well, I decided not to launch my product. And I will say, well, why? And they say, well, we just we ran the Kickoff Labs campaign. We did A-B tested. We experimented. And just we couldn't get people to sign up. And they tell us, like, you know, I view that as a victory. Like, yeah. I tried. I realized that, like, I was never going to get people to buy this. Mm-hmm. Um, and they come back again in two months with another thing. And they're dipping their toe in to try and, like, test, you know, is this good? Um And, you know, ourselves, I have to tell the same thing, like all the time, like we didn't launch with the perfect product that did everything. I mean, literally when we launched, it wasn't much more than what uh, Scott and I had built ourselves. Like there were a couple of text entry fields where you could enter like a headline and like a form and you couldn't even edit the form. It was just email address. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, once people signed up, it was a default thank you message. You couldn't change it. (laughs) It was English only. Like, there are, I can't even list like all the limitations that were that were on it when uh, when we launched when we launched the product. Like I think we took what we built, we basically added a billing system to it and a way for other people to sign up, um, and just to see if they would. I mean, obviously the prices were different. It was like ten dollars, right. twenty dollars, thirty dollars, <laughs> just to see like what right. would happen. Um, and uh, and and you know, but but we found like that was a great test because like if people weren't willing to pay $10, we were never going to get them to pay a hundred. Like, right, right, right. So we, you know, but what we had was probably a $10 product at the time. So, yeah. you know, it, we just, you know, we've scaled up from, from there and just kind of followed what works for customers and what the customers with revenue that are successful are telling us about the product. Yeah. That's great. That's great. You know, so one of the things, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about like the whole giveaway strategy, What's your take on it? Because I get, I can, I can argue both sides of it all the time. We do, we do, we run a ton of giveaways on our end here, right? Mm-hmm. So like, we feel like it's a great way for a company to. Most of the time, if they're at ground zero, right? They have like, mm-hmm. there's no. I'm building the Facebook page on Tuesday. I got to drive traffic on Wednesday. What am I doing, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so like, do you find that that is still a good audience to build? Um, if they just want to win something for free, because that's that's usually the feedback I get is like, oh, I don't want that audience. They just want it for free. How do you sort of? navigate that conversation or, or how do you talk to people about the just free contest crowd type of thing? Yeah. And that exists. There is a, a large crowd of people like just for free. It's actually an option in our fraud prevention. Like if somebody is referred from like, there's lots of places on the internet or like sites and forums where people just talk about, Hey, somebody's giving away this free thing. Like everybody go join up. We actually have a way to say like, you know, flag and exclude these people. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yep. Because like it is, it is a, it is a concern. And what I tell people is to think about their giveaway in the sense that like um, you frame your, your giveaway in something that's uh, as something that's useful to your potential customers. So at least you know that the audience is something that, you know, they're going to want. So my example to that is, you know, if we as a company like Kickoff Labs, we're going to give away like a free iPad, it makes no sense. It's just people who, I'm only going to get people who sign up that want a free iPad, Right. right. But if I partner with like the, you know, a woman who does like our Facebook ads and she runs a video course, I say, we're going to give away two copies of her video course for running Facebook ads, like for free as part of this campaign. At least I know people who are signing up are people who are interested in running Facebook ads. They're potentially people who are running like, or then going to run marketing campaigns who are interested in our service. And so you won't get as many people signing up 
but that's a good thing. You'll get the people signing up who are like interested in the thing you're giving away. So I always tell people, the thing you're giving away needs to be at least parallel to your business so that people are, the people that are signing up, you know, are potential customers for your business and never to try and give away something that like is just going to get the largest possible audience. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there are I exceptions to that yeah. rule. Like if you're a travel company and you're like, you know, I'm going to give away, like you don't really have a choice. You're like a travel company, like I'm going to give away like luggage or something like traveling. And then like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, it's a broad consumer appeal. You're going to have to give away. You're going to have to take the fact that you'll get 10,000 signups and maybe only 2000 people are really the people you're after. Right. Um, right. Yeah. That's how I answer it basically right there. It's like, it's, it's, yeah, I'm not just giving away an iPad or an, an iPad that my mom wants. And she's, you know, she just, this signing up on stuff yeah. during the day and has no idea that she's even on a contest site or something because she's yeah. just, you know just doing nothing on you know so uh that's yeah, uh, yeah that's great well you know over these last you know nine years or so what has been maybe the biggest hurdle that you as a company have had to face and overcome like what, what's been like one of the biggest challenges <laughs> uh that's a lot um you know, there's uh, there there's always uh, there's always competitors. If you have a good idea, there's always going to be somebody who like thinks it. And it's a challenge to not just compare yourselves to competitors and say like, oh well, they're doing this, so I have to do this as well. Mm. Especially when you start getting people like that'll email and say, well, they have this feature. Like, why don't you have this feature? And like, it's a pointless debate to get into because you actually don't have data on like what somebody else is doing and whether or not that feature is actually, you know, beneficial to their audience. You just know they built it. That's right. all you know. And so it's hard though, to like compare, have to constantly be comparing and to try and not compare and to only look at like what's beneficial for your audience and knowing that there's like room in a marketplace for a lot of different solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a challenge for me. Um, like I mentioned earlier, that the challenge of like always, you know, uh, I think recently the, the challenge is uh, that we're looking at is like, how do we take this product that we've built that does a ton of things and really simplify it to different verticals because the product having existed for 11 years. Um, so we're starting to sunset features and just say like, you know, people don't need this feature anymore. Like it was something that was valuable five years ago is not as valuable now right. in the current condition. And so a challenge for us is less unique for somebody new starting, but for us is like, how do we keep, changing and molding the product that fits the current time that we're in sure. uh, versus saying we have to keep carrying forward all of these things that we've done. Right. Right. And so that's, that's kind of the biggest challenge that I've looked, we've been looking at in the last six months. Yeah. That makes sense. What, how about the other side of that coin? What, what is, you know, what's like the big home run that, you, you know, like if you were, you know, given a big presentation that you start with like kickoff labs allowed us to do this, like what's, what's the big, the, the big milestone victory? you mean like uh do you mean like a personal victory or something yeah i guess personal or company i mean just like like you know you know we we hit it we hit this major metric we wanted to hit you know um uh we 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 got this feature you know is there just something that you just stand back and go like we're really really proud of 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 this thing uh as a company or even (laughs) as yourself you know um i really enjoy i mean just me personally just getting the emails from like founders or marketing professionals saying like, Hey, like I, I might not have even seen their campaign. Like, Hey, you know, I just want to send like a note, like the tool is great. We signed up 10,000 people. And like, that was awesome. So just to me yeah. getting those personal notes, seeing that we've helped other people and they saw like the value in what we did. Um, that really motivates me, um, personally. Um, and then the other thing is just like, the, you know, the business, you know, when it reached a level that, 
you know, we're able to like hire out for support and hire out for other roles um, and be able to like step back and just do the things that I want to do and like spend as much time uh, with like family and friends that I want to and not worry as much about like next month's payroll or finances. Right, right. Um, that's a big milestone that like I'm really proud of because one of the reasons I built the company is because I was working for this company running a product team and it was like a 60 hour a week job. Mm. And like, I had two new kids and I was like, this is, I just hate it. Like I, right. like I'm way too grumpy. I just don't enjoy it. I'd rather work 40 hours a week. And how can I build a lifestyle where like I can work when I want to work and not when I don't want to work. And so yeah. having achieved that just to me is a huge personal uh, victory. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let's do a couple of quick questions here. Uh, what are you watching right now on the old TV? Uh, Who's not watching Tiger King? <laughs> yeah, I know. A new episode coming out Sunday night. Did you see that? I know, I've, I've only seen the first two episodes. Oh. Uh, so kind of, I go through things slowly, uh, more slowly, but uh, that and uh, Westworld. Uh, okay. I'm only on season two, uh, kind of working my the, way through. Uh, third one just two. came out, right? Isn't it right? The, yeah, third? the third season just came out. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, what do you listen to uh, music wise? Uh, so all over. I mean, it, lately, um, going back, like listening to like, uh, black keys, uh, you know, I, I'm grew up with, uh, I grew, I grew up with Dave Matthews. And so uh, Dave Matthews, black keys, like you're 1995 to 2010, like music <laughs> okay. in there. All right. Um, then I had kids and I stopped listening to new music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then it's all kids pop, huh? That's what I got a lot of metal kids <laughs> yeah. pop stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's the, it's these versions of songs with a, yeah. year old singing them or something yeah so yeah. which is just fantastic <laughs> it <freaks me> out. <laughs> it's totally yeah and then they and then they have songs that are like really not appropriate but they change the words and yeah. then when you search on you know you just search on spotify you're like hey play uh and they don't get the kids pop and all of a sudden you're like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. that's the wrong one uh, when, my kids, when my kids were younger, the, the thing that really creeped me out was all of a sudden I realized they were watching the old Thomas the Trade. This is when they were younger episodes. I'm like, is that and George Carlin used to be the, the voice <laughs> yeah. there? Right. And you just don't expect to hear George Carlin's voice yeah. doing like a kid's show because you expect yeah. him to start swearing any second. <laughs> right. And I'm like, yep, what are my yep. kids listening to? Oh, it's George yeah. Carlin. Dude. It's just George Thomas Carlin is Thomas the Train. Uh, you know that had to be a, just for a paycheck. That there's no way he really wanted to be doing that, right? There's just no way. <laughs> I, like that or irony, like some sense of irony. He's yeah, like, maybe, 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 this. maybe. Uh, how about how about reading? Are you reading anything uh, interesting right now? Uh, I have not. I, I don't have a good list uh, to put there. Um, the uh, what's lost? Uh, no, I don't have a, I don't have a good list uh, to put yeah. there. How about how about um, maybe channels that you watch maybe online in terms of like to get marketing ideas or just to get ideas or like where are you consuming, you know, maybe industry tactics or whatever it might be? Mm -hmm. um, I, I listen to, uh, I mean, I, I listen to like the podcast space. Uh, so a bunch of different podcasts, you know, Starts for the Rest of Us um, is, a, is a big one for like smaller companies. Um, the Guy Raz podcast, uh, how I built this, uh, just to get like inspiration, Andrew Warner, uh, and, and his podcast, uh, always listen to that stuff. Um, you know, I go to microconf, uh, pretty regularly, like every other year, um, just to stay in touch with like the community and like the startup community space, um, more in person. Um, so those, those are the channels primarily. Gotcha. Cool. Well, where can people kind of dive into your world? Where, where would, would you like us to send people and then what should they be doing? once they go to the website, like how do you kind of tell somebody to sort of dive in? 
<laughs> um, just sign up and start building a campaign. I mean, it's free to start building a campaign and just walk your way through it. Um, and if you want to reach out, um, josh at kickofflabs.com is the best way to reach me. Um, always happy to, to, to answer emails and questions. Awesome. Well, Josh, I appreciate take, uh, appreciate you taking time out of your day here. Um, I, it's an inter- it, awesome tool. Lots of features. A guy like me kind of drools over it because I start imagining all the um, millions of things I could do uh, do for clients and stuff in it. So um, I appreciate everybody. Um, appreciate, like I said, appreciate taking time out of your day. And I encourage everybody if you're getting ready to launch a campaign or just want to figure out how to even uh, add numbers to your blogs and stuff, go check it out. Sign up. Start building some stuff here. So, Josh, appreciate it. Th- thanks again so much. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. All right, how about that conversation with John? Man, amazing, amazing tool. If you guys are thinking about running a crowdfunding campaign, go check out Kickoff Labs. Um, I know if you work with an agency like myself, we might point you in that direction as well, or we might help you set that all up to make sure it's uh, optimized and running really, well, uh, running really, really well. So awesome, awesome conversation. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, all right, let's kick into our musical guest, man. We are going to go deep into Volcano on the radio standards here. Uh, it's, this was an amazing, this was a really, really good session. Again, we did a live in studio thing, uh, seven songs the band played. This is one of the best ones that, that popped out of it. Um, it's in front of a studio audience. It's all recorded live all in one room. I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm going to have another episode coming at you on Monday. So we're going to do this again here. Um, but again, if I don't hear from you, I hope you guys have a great week. Remember if you need any help, go to woodshed.agency, click on that consultation, pick a time to talk. I'd love to hear what you're working on. And, uh, Yeah. All right, let's go ahead. Let's rock out. Here we go. Check it out here. You know, I hope y'all ain't think they call me Volcano because I'm, uh... Hey, all that stuff shit is out the window right now. Just smooth or so. Let me go to the booth right now. Money machines lined up in single file format. Trying to quiet the storm, but it's time to bring the war back. Got my money tight, now I'm on some takeover shit. Force magazine cover on some Jehovah shit. Step in, they bow to me like I'm Caesar. Planet of the A style coming out swinging. Lava man is close to your ears, start ringing. I'm Drake pocket big, wrapped up in one bin. With a worldwide mindset Rolling up, diesel sipping oil Hit me in my chest pumping Me, I'm known to get it jumping Like that needle on that size Been me to notice I'm coming I'm dissatisfied with the way they treated my lady friend Got the same hip-hop leather belt within my hand Redefine it, open in a can of whoop-ass grenades Launch right in the game, let's have a blast out it My blood pressure is building Money on my mind, I'm coming to make it kill it So feel about your business Don't catch feelings, it's wartime And I'm here to get it to all my real niggas My real bitches And fake ones talking sideways And don't nobody move till I say so I'm about to pull the pin, get going It's Volcano, I'm legendary like Joe DiMaggio With five dollars I can hit a lick on the Bellagio Walking off with a model hoe I get her knees dirty, have her taking pictures with her Been on one before Drake said he was on one Sniper waiting on the perfect shot, then you go, son 
ride it off in the sunset like these wood. Chromium dinner plate rails carry me home. Wake up, wreak havoc just like a beast should Skin tougher than leather, being made out of sheep's wool Recognize I'm a man, you a boy I'm a full-size talker, you a happy builder And big boy, yo, so my real name is Christopher Black entrepreneur, got the whole culture lifted up So get your head out your ass when I come through for microphone check One, two, what you gonna do? My blood pressure is building Money on my mind, I'm coming to make a human So be about your business Don't catch feelings, it's war time And I'm here to get it on My real niggas, my real bitches And fake ones talking sideways And don't nobody move till I say so I'm about to pull the pin, get going And break it down I don't know if y'all really caught that last line I said, big boy, y'all, so my real name is Christopher. Black entrepreneur, got the whole culture lifted up. Shouts out to Notorious B.I.G. You know, I had to yeah, take a little yeah. bit of that piece of that from him. Hold on, let me get into my big mode real quick. You gonna do that old school Yeah, I'm gonna do it like this. Get uh, to him then, big. Look at me now, I built everything I got from the ground floor. The sky rise, levels fell, hop at the front door. Thanks to America, you're rich and you're dirt poor. And thanks to Americans, you got what you had for. I took a different route, but I ain't here to preach, though. I don't think I'm better, but I'll be damned if you think so. What you think I carry the heat for? I know you got an appetite, but I bet I can make you eat more. Literally speaking, I'm a big guy. You top me, you got a better chance seeing a big fly. And that's the code that I live by. Die by, you fly by night, niggas ain't worth the drive-by. I look around and think, who can I compete with? Trying to handle kids, you trying to find someone to sleep with. You full of a dog, rub your nose in your own shit. All strained in the sisters by a dick, go. My blood pressure is building. Money on my mind, I'm coming to make a killing. So be about your business. Don't catch feelings, it's wartime. And I'm here to get it all. My real niggas, my real bitches. And fake ones talking sideways. Nobody move till I say so I'm about to pull the pin, get going to get fucked in Yeah, I told y'all I wasn't gonna soft this time It's I-D-N-T Detroit, baby Tell them little dogs that y'all thought was big dogs to sit they ass down Listen, you folks Let's build it up, let's build it up, right here.